Clustercast, a filterless podcast on family travel. I am your co-host, Anna Lyons. And I am Scott Lyons. And on this episode, we will be piggybacking off our last episode that talked about credit cards and airport lounge access. And this time we're going to be talking about the elusive credit card travel miles and points systems. And you were chomping at the bit to talk about this on our last episode. I certainly was. I liked the subject and I got really into it last year. So I have a lot to say. Yeah, you did. But I'll, I'll keep I'll, I'll keep a lid on it. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you did get into it last year and it was sort of annoying. Oh, why oh, was it annoying? I thought you were into it too. Okay. Yeah. The the premise of it I was into, but let's oh, be, okay. I mean, l- let's be honest. This last year was nuts for us. So having one more thing to obsess over was just unnecessary. Um, but I feel like this just ties back to what we said about figuring out the whole airport lounges was that it ended up being way more time consuming and involved than we thought. Yeah. Um, because points are this really abstract, weird thing and their values change all the time. Whereas like with airport lounges, this was like a tangible thing. Right. You either have them or you don't. Yeah. And, have and access to yeah. Them. And you either have a good experience or you don't, you know, so it was just hard yep. having all that. So true. And if I were to pick a word, this past year has been stupid. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. Yes. And, and, and I think, I, you know, we got into this whole let's travel hack as a way to try and make our lives easier. Well, it's in the name right there. Right. Like hack, like easy, like yep. not as involved as just doing it in the regular sense. But it wasn't that. No. It did take some work. It was far from that. And we just weren't ready for how vigilant we had to be about everything. Yeah. I mean, if you can keep track of everything, more power to you. But the timing was bad for us and it just ended up being more of a nuisance. Yep. So. Yep. But be that as it may, we did learn something. However annoyed we were on the inside. That actually sums up the last year, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. We learned a lot. However annoyed we were on the inside. Yep. Probably for our entire lives. Sums up our entire lives. Yeah, it does. It does. Yep. But we power through. We prevail. This episode, we are going to break down points, how they differ from miles, how you can earn them, how you can spend them, and if it's worth it in the first place to go through this headache of managing points and miles. Spoiler alert, it's not. (laughs) So if if that's what you wanted to know, you can just stop listening. Actually, no, don't. Please don't. Um, Keep listening. Please keep listening. Anyway, as we said in our airport lounge episode last year, we decided to test out some travel-centric credit cards. Um, And something that comes along with these cards is usually some kind of spending incentive in the way of points. And you're going to hear us talk about points, these little vague, annoying entities. Um, So when you get your card, um, there's usually a spending incentive that they'll give you in exchange for points. And sometimes there's a better dollar to point ratio for transactions that fall into certain categories and like travel and dining as you know, as some categories. Mm -hmm. But before we continue, we totally know that this kind of topic can get really tedious, really tedious, you know, when it comes to the details. And especially because we're talking about some sort of abstract form of subcurrency. And the last thing we want to do is go down a rabbit hole. Like Bitcoin. No, not like Bitcoin. No? No. No? I mean, it's a weird currency nobody understands. (laughs) Well, some people do. And some people understand points, so. Uh, uh, Okay. Touche. Yeah. Touche. But we're, but this, you know, Bitcoin's hard to understand, but we're really going to try and keep 
this clear and as clear as concise as we can. Yeah, we are. For everyone's sake, we're going we don't, to. <laughs> we don't need to muddy the waters even more than they already yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. And so this is our opinion, of course. Plenty of people feel differently about points and travel hacking than us. And that's fine. That's cool. We're just talking about what we've learned and what we're doing moving forward. Yeah, this is just our experiences over the last year. Um, And I feel like people start to take the points thing really personally. Um, And I think part of this is because it is so closely linked to your actual finances that it is easy to get really invested and huffy and defensive of this. So let me just say, again, totally our own opinion here. And if you are able to fly your entire family first class on Emirates on points, I am sure it was very worthwhile and a lovely experience. Oh, yeah. Um, and that it was done responsibly. And we are definitely not talking about you. Yeah, more so, power to you. More power to you. That's great. We're excited for you. If you want to share some of your points with us, we'd be happy. But, you know, it's fine. We're happy for you. Um, So just to bring everyone up to speed, back in the day, if you ever wanted to fly for free or travel hack, you were limited to um, your frequent flyer mile number. Does anyone remember that? Um, Where you had to earn miles that was tied to however many flights you had taken and however, like how long they were. Mm -hmm. Um, Every airline had a different way of tracking miles. Right. And it was generally like the longer flights gave you more miles. um, And it was just kind of on this rolling, rotating basis that you kept track of it. And yeah, it wasn't super fun. So they took that and they took it a step further and added more complexity by now adding credit cards into the mix where now you can spend money with your credit card to earn miles for every dollar you spent because the airlines realized that their system sucked and yep. they decided that they needed to up their game a little bit by adding your groceries to accruing mileage because everyone realized that their once a year flight to Orlando wasn't going to get you real far. Nope. So they no. needed other options. Yeah. They and did. in a way, I could see where they're coming from. Yeah, I get but it. But the, the thing is, is this is not like retail where you buy one, get one free or buy one, get one half off or Bogo. anything like that. Yeah. Right. The BOGO deal. It was like buy 12 flights, you know. Get a punch card, maybe. Yeah, it was like a punch card. (laughs) It kind of was. And then maybe get a free flight. Yeah. And the punch card is only good for that airline. Yeah. And that's all it was. So it was pretty limiting back then. And you had to earn a ton of miles in order to get any kind of perk. And even then, it it was, like I said, a a single airline at a time. You couldn't transfer them between airlines. So obviously, this is not still going on. And um airlines continue to up their game because they realize that their previous system wasn't awesome and that people actually do want to earn, you know, miles when they travel. Um, But I will say that as it has evolved, obviously, it's gotten a lot more complicated. And there is a big, big world of miles and points and conversion rates and values and just each airline being different. Yep. Massive, big old rabbit hole you can go down. Yeah. But it's important to distinguish that miles and points are are different, you know, they're different entities. Not like Bitcoin. <laughs> there's only one Bitcoin. There's, but there are other cryptocurrencies no, out there. No, there's not. Yes, there is. No. Oh, my gosh. There's a whole new world oh you gosh. have yet to explore. My life just got a lot worse in the last <laughs> two seconds now that I know that there's other cryptocurrency. Yeah, and oh. there's cryptocurrency mining. And no. More ah. rabbit hole. More <laughs> rabbit hole. We're not going to talk about that. 
back to miles and points. Generally speaking, though, and this is a very general mm-hmm. thing we're talking about here. Miles are exclusive to the airline or airline affiliate that you have them with. So you have your Sky Team and your Star Alliance and all these other One World. groups. One World. Groups of airlines that kind of work together. And then points are more tied to credit cards and are more fluid because they aren't necessarily tied to a specific airline. Although they may be affiliated with an airline to earn more miles for an airline, you could also use points with credit cards for retail purchases or hotel stays, things like that. Again, with whatever retailer or hotel or airline that has a partnership yeah, with that credit card. Yeah, it's not just any old one you want. Right. So, so you can't just go um, shop at Target with credit card points. That would be awesome. That would be cool. That would be so cool. Um, so you can convert airline miles to, um, sorry, you can convert points yes. to airline miles. You can't convert miles to points, right? No, I don't think you okay. can. I said that right. All right. Um, and there's not any that I'm aware of. Me neither. So. Yeah, once they're in miles, they're either were earned as miles with the airline or they were converted from points to miles and they stay there. Yeah, they're there to stay. So, and if you know of something, let us know. Shoot us an email. Yeah, absolutely. Be Cluster, nice about it, though. Clusterfusstravel at gmail.com. Yep, there it is. Okay. So points are basically a form of reward currency that are earned as you spend with a particular credit card. Um, you have a separate account that is within your credit card account. And this is all done online. I'm assuming we're all on the online same page making. here. Um, so it's all online. And so you can see your little points balance. And um, you can use them, obviously, for hotels and flights and certain in-store purchases. Or not, I mean, online store purchases. Um, and what the points will actually get you depends on... So many different factors, like what you're planning to buy and how many points you have. Can you imagine showing up to a retail store and saying, my card's maxed out? I'm so sorry, but I have 60,000 points. Can I, I buy this? Points. They're going to be like, <laughs> uh, no, you can leave. That's what you can do. Yeah, it only exists online. You know, I'm sure you can trade points in for whatever the value gift, they like are gift into cards. gift cards. I think sure. you can do gift cards. Yeah, but no, you can't like transact points at no. a register. You, you can't like liquidate your points if you need <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, but it's not worth that much. So, right. And um, to be to be clear, it's it is not a dollar for a point ratio. It's not no, dollar one to one. No, 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 no. Far from that. And as a general rule, and obviously this changes depending on what you're purchasing and all of that stuff. But ten thousand points does not equal ten thousand dollars. That'd be sweet. Um, it would be sweet, but that is not the case. And I think because they are so close closely linked to actual dollars. The line gets super blurry um, for people just mentally. The actual cash value is $100. Right, for 10,000 points. So one point is one cent, cent. basically. Um, sometimes you can find ones that will give you two cents per point, but, I mean, we won't get into it. So just keep that in perspective. We can get down a rabbit hole again. Yeah, we're not going to do it. Yep, and of course people can definitely get more value for their points bringing the value up into the thousands even mm-hmm. if they can put them towards the right upgrade on a flight or whatever it's like another currency you know you you keep mentioning bitcoin and, but, there, <laughs> but you it, it, just like other cryptocurrencies with points and miles you have better exchange rates in different places so different airlines different contracted retailers blah 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 it is like bitcoin um anyway um it's, and it's, it's yeah it's similar but different okay 
Okay. <laughs> All right. We won't get into it on this episode. Uh, sometimes your points might be stronger with a certain retailer and you can get better values depending on where your shop and um, also what time. I've also kind of noticed with like when you hear people. Like time of year. And time of day. Oh, wow. Like, oh, hey, uh, Singapore Air has upgrades for, you know, 500 points. Go, go, go. And then you miss it. So anyway, that's just, I don't know. It's, again, just adding to that, like, all these different factors that kind of funnel into travel hacking. Um, So anyway, all that is to say is value-wise, your points can become worth thousands of dollars instead of hundreds. But you have to be super vigilant about everything. You know, but in certain credit cards have more valuable points than others, but we're not going to say which. No, not unless they want to pay us. That has to happen. That has to happen. Anyway, um, I just wanted to make this clear because I feel like people tend to see these big, gorgeous numbers. And because it is, again, so closely linked to your actual dollars, um, it's easy for that line to get blurred. Yeah. And and they get carried away with thinking they have more money than they actually do. Right. No, you don't want to do that. Which is a bad space to be in. Nope. Don't do that. Yep. Don't do that. Please don't. Um, And you had to spend a lot of money to get there in the first place. So just keeping that perspective and keeping points in their right little home is what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. In the right little headspace. You know, because, again, people are really getting into travel hacking. And to be clear, travel hacking, what we mean by that is maximizing points, earnings by finding ways to get the most bang for your, your points buck. Penny. It's a penny. Okay, so the most bang for your penny. Your penny or your Bitcoin. You can say that. <laughs> penny or your Bitcoin. Most bang for your Bitcoin? Most bang for your Bitcoin. Um, and the points... <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, okay. The points travel hacking is super cool. And people are able to exclusively use points to upgrade seats on airlines. And they can stay at some really cool hotels with their hustling. And I absolutely give them that. That absolutely. is... I'm not saying that doesn't exist or and and that exists for regular people like this isn't just exclusive to you know really special group of people who have a certain level of education in travel hacking that's not it it's very ubiquitous very free information that's out there and available but everyone you see that's able to travel hack behind the scenes it took a lot of work and vigilance a lot of work behind the scenes Mm -hmm. yeah so um obviously we did the points thing for a year we had two fancy travel credit cards and that gave us a certain spending bonus um and points accelerators for certain categories of purchases um and now here we are a year later now you know we had our like big fluffy gorgeous you know points account and we're kind of wondering if it was all worth it in the first place yeah we aren't big spenders you know, most of the, the flight and hotel redemptions we've got so far were because of those spending bonuses at the beginning of the card. You yeah. Know, when we first got the card. Yeah. Which worked because last year we had just moved and we had some yep. big purchases. So it worked out for us to make those spending minimums. Um, and just for reference, um, just so everyone kind of knows we're all on, the, all on the same page here. Um, when you sign up for one of these credit cards, they give you... Um, a sign-on bonus that basically says something like, we'll give you 60,000 points if you spend $3,000 within the first three months of getting their credit card. Yeah, and that's typical. And it's usually a really good deal, you know, because $3,000 mm-hmm. will get you $600 in travel points. Yeah. Now, be careful, though. You want to make sure you were already going to spend that $3,000 Yeah. in the first place. You don't want this to be something that you're like, oh, yeah, no, I totally need to do this. Don't spend another $3,000 you weren't going to spend 
Yeah. Just for 600. Yeah. Anyway, so all this is to say is that we have this big balance in our points account and it was great. Yep. But it's been a year and we've lived, we've laughed, we've traveled. And now our points balances are dwindling. Dwindling. And the well has dried up and now we're all sad because now we have to think about generating our own points with startup bonuses and it's super annoying. Yeah. It is annoying. But the 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 travel hackers that got it nailed... They combat this situation by opening and closing credit cards or turning. Turning. Sorry, I meant to say churning. Churning. Credit card churning. Churning the butter. Churning the the points butter. (laughs) Yes. Um, And it is a long and slow process, too. So it's a good analogy. But, you know, they have (laughs) to And everyone's like, should we just buy it at the store? Is this really worth it? But, you know, they churn credit cards long enough to get the bonus points. And then they funnel those into the airline they might have status with status with somewhere and they just kind of rotate that on an ongoing basis. And it, yeah. and it could be tough, too, which you have to keep track of, because once you earn a bonus, some credit cards don't let you do it again. You know, you can't go over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep track of it. And obviously this is really cool, um, but it's also just a ton of work. So yep. just kind of wondering how much is it worth it? And so to that end, we are certainly not in the season of life where we want to be continuously obsessing over details of which credit card will give us what points and which airline will give us the most for those points. And that gets insanely complicated as every airline has their own bizarre way of calculating miles and points based on status and cabin sizes and every other maddening bit of minutia possible. Yep. Maddening bit of minutia. Yep. It's basically like a, basically like a foreign currency where current, some currencies are stronger than others. So your points can go further depending on these maddening circumstances yeah and just for reference as we're talking obviously like sixty thousand points and you might be wondering what actually will that give you so just for reference british airways charges um twelve thousand five hundred points or avios if you're in the know about the british airways that's fancy it's so fancy sounding (laughs) um for an airline that like wouldn't even give us water on our flight to greece but i digress that's another podcast it's like a pretentious name for really like lowbrow Anyways, moving Experience. on. Okay. Moving <laughs> on. Um, anyway, so you have the 12,500 avios to upgrade from economy plus to business class. So that's not going from just a regular economy seat to business or even to first class because you're not allowed to jump cabins. You can only go up one cabin increment at a time. Time. Yeah. So that's. So let me think about that. So if it's for our family of four. To upgrade us to business class with British Airways, that would be 50,000 points, but just one direction. We'd yeah, have to just, double you're com- that. You're comfy one way. Yeah, we'd have to double that just to go round trip or 100,000 points to cover us. Yeah, and and that is only if you have purchased that Economy Plus seat. And that usually runs about two to $300 more than a regular coach seat. Yeah. So... If you really think about the numbers here, you have just spent $1,200 on top of just what you regularly would have spent on a coach seat. So that fee plus another $1,200 just the next one. so you can cough up 100,000 points to fly business class for one trip. Right. Not trips from here on out. One vacation. And then your little nest egg of points is gone. Gone. Vanishes into thin air. Pooh. There it goes. <laughs> there it goes. So. Uh, at least until you can open a few more credit cards and earn more points. No. No? No. 
Nope. Nope. I mean, these, you know, these institutions are out here to make money, not to give you free stuff. Yeah, exactly. So you have to realize that it's basically like couponing. It's how I see it. At some point, you have to realize how much you value your time and all the time that you spend keeping up with all of this. Is it worth it to keep up with opening and closing um, all those cards? And then the real, real question is, would you even be spending $3,000 for $600 worth of points? Cash value, right? I know they can be worth more elsewhere, but, you know, and not just doing that once, but doing it over and over and compulsively combing through (laughs) blogs and travel boards and communities to see what's new. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine like around the water coolers, people talking about their points values, like like they talk about stock prices or real estate these days, you know? <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I actually, now that you mention it, I think they do. I think they sit around and they quibble over these details like they freaking matter. Like, mm, yes, did you see what Todd paid for his <laughs> United State upgrade? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could totally see that. But with all this knowledge over the last year that we've gained... You know, we've kind of triaged the the quote unquote worth it scale for earning points. The way we've tiered it, so to speak, is that the best possible possible scenario or the first teary tier is teary. It teary. does make you teary when you think <laughs> about it. Ugh. The first tier is if you have a business, then I can see it being worth it. You know, if your business is making money and you have a high overhead business or, yeah. you know, regular expenses you need to put on a credit card, you can use a travel credit card and then your business should be making money to pay back those costs. And it's not on you anymore to be coming up ways to find things to buy to right. make that well, spending. And, it, and it's a continual flow. Correct. Yeah. So you can let the points rain. They just show up. And constantly... It is the Pacific Northwest of points. (laughs) Yep. So the next tier would be tier two. (laughs) Tier two would be, you know, if you have have to travel for work. Mm -hmm. So now you can use the credit card to earn points for traveling for your company. And then your company lets you expense those business costs back to the company. So now you can earn the points, not have to spend the money. And that's... That's the next best thing. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing be. Right. Where now you don't need to travel for work and now you just have to come up with ways to hustle bonuses and spending. Balance, generating you know, that. Generating spending, that spending, yeah. you know, to keep to keep things in line. While also being super responsible. So Absolutely. Yeah. And yep. I mean, we typically find ourselves floating somewhere between two and three, unfortunately. Yep. And it's maddening because we can't actually land on a firm opinion on this. Every once in a while, I'll try to get back into figuring out points. Yeah, like like but, a hobby. You're like, hmm, yeah. I'll take up knitting or getting in shape or, ooh, points. I'm gonna, <laughs> I am going to figure it out this time for sure. You will yeah. not elude me again, 100,000 yeah. bonus. And so far, I come I come back defeated. Every time. Anyway, it's I still true. maintain that the average person is not going to be generating 100,000 points on a credit card every single year. Or at least I very much hope not. Yeah, that doesn't sound super responsible. No, 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 it doesn't. So we've arrived at this place where we treat points like a coupon. You know, you mentioned that earlier. It is not something that we are going to be hustling for. If we have a chance to make a big purchase and get some points for it, great. If we have a long flight and we might be able to upgrade using points because we have enough, also great. But it is not something we are actively pursuing. 
Yeah. And I mean, I was able to get us a really cool hotel room in downtown Seattle for partial pay with points. Um, so it took some of the sting out of that bill. I got us one night at the Edwardian Blue in London. That was and nice. yeah, it was very nice. And our one night at our hotel in Victoria. Um, but these were all products of our sign on bonus from a year ago. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is just something that continually just magically shows up in our account. Like we spend them and yep. then they're, it's yep. gone. Like it's over. Yeah, exactly. It, it reminds me of that old adage that, you know, it makes a great servant, but a terrible master. You know, it's a good way to look at it. Points make a great servant, but a terrible master. Totally, totally. And if you can keep that right mindset, then it can be a really great thing for you. But this is not something that you just set it and forget it. Nope. Um, it takes a good bit of work to keep up with it. Of course, unless you own a high overhead business. That accepted. That accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, but just remember, it's pennies, people. It's pennies. Yep. Okay. So under the right circumstances, it can be great and really valuable. But remember, these are big financial decisions that you are making that will affect your credit score. And you need to be hyper aware of what you are signing up for and how you manage your transactions because it will matter in in the near future. Yeah. So for now, we're putting points in neutral. We we aren't big spenders and we don't want to be. Uh, We're too busy with our kids and our work to really try to figure out how to constantly rotate cards and point bonuses and all of that stuff to our advantage. And so we're just not going to do it. But hey, to the people who do it and do it responsibly, major props to you. Yep. Congratulations. Congrats. You you cracked the code. You cracked the code and we're really happy for you. (laughs) Well, everyone, thank you. That is going to do it for us. Thanks so much for listening. Please click download, subscribe, follow, review, like, etc. Do all the things that tells the internet that you like our stuff. Yes, and we are now on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. So please hop on over there, leave a nice review, say click subscribe. Yep. Um, that again. So tells you don't them. miss the next episode. So you don't miss the next episode. It also tells these entities that you like us, which is obviously great all around. Um, and if you're interested, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. You can pop on over to the blog at www.clusterfusstravel.com. See what's going on over there. And tune in next time for our The Worst Honeymoon episode. Oh, man. That's that's in honor of our, honor of our anniversary, isn't it? Yes, it is. Goodness. Yeah. And there will be a two drink minimum on this one, at least for us. So anyway, maybe three, maybe three. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening. And even though the points guy wants to pay cash to fly economy class to Beirut, whenever he hears us say it, this is the Clustercast, a filterless podcast on family travel. We will see you next time. So long, everyone. Bye.